Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. New school board candidates are being sworn in all over the state and participating in their first meetings. In the little town of Shasta in the Northern California foothills, a new board member named Joshua Brown stands out. He's just 19 years old, and he has autism. Joshua ran unopposed and is now officially a Shasta Union Elementary School board member. I think it gives me a very unique perspective having gone through the special ed and mental health systems. How can schools benefit from having neurodivergent members on school boards? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stavely. Joshua Brown grew up in the small town of Shasta, in the foothills west of Redding in Northern California. Shasta was once a bustling gold rush town. Now it's known for its ghost town state park, a collection of half-crumbled brick buildings along Highway 299. As a child, Joshua attended Shasta Elementary School, the one school in the Shasta Union Elementary School District. He struggled there. I uh, didn't get along with teachers. I was bullied. I couldn't navigate the campus. And uh, I remember having difficulties with crushes and making friends. Joshua has autism. Here's how he describes it. It doesn't hit everyone the same, but it's a difference in the way your brain develops. It means you interpret the world differently. For Joshua, having autism means he has trouble picking up social cues, and sometimes he has emotional responses that seem inappropriate to other people laughing or crying or getting mad at the wrong time, for example. Joshua says many teachers didn't understand him either. The uh, curriculum was not challenging enough for me. And I think the teachers just didn't understand my neurodivergency because it was like a one teacher for every 30 students and I just needed sensory, needed a break from all it, and so there was, like, a chase outside. After leaving Shasta Elementary, Joshua bounced between six other schools in the Reading area, charter, continuation, traditional, before earning his high school diploma last year. I, uh, have gone to a bunch of different schools, mostly always struggling. And uh, it makes me an advocate. Not only an advocate, but as of last November, a member of the school board in the district where he grew up. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, a former special education student joins the school board. My EdSource colleague, Carolyn Jones, wrote about Joshua Brown joining the Shasta Union Elementary School Board. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Sadie. So, Carolyn, tell me how you first found out about Joshua Brown. Well, yeah, a source of mine was at the California School Board Association conference down in San Diego last month. And she called me from the conference and she said, oh, my God, I've met this new school board member. You just wouldn't believe him. He has autism. 
and he's super passionate and enthusiastic and just he's impressing everybody here. And so I tried to track him down. She wasn't sure what school board he was with, and I tried to track him down, and I finally tracked him down through the school board association, and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, he's great. And I got in contact with him, and yeah, it was really a pleasure meeting him and talking to him. And so what stood out to you about Joshua's story? The fact that he's so young, he's only 19 years old, there's not many teenagers who volunteer to serve on their local school boards. And so he's fresh out of school himself, and so brings that perspective as a recent student, but then also as somebody who was in special education. Uh, there's very few people in special education who are in positions of school leadership. So that was really, you know, aside from learning disabilities, of course. So that was really interesting to me. I was curious to hear his experiences in school and, and what motivated him to want to, to take this step. Um, he was also interesting to me because he had attended a traditional public school, a charter school, uh, alternative schools, community college. He had been to lots and lots of different educational settings. So I think his parents and he struggled to find a school situation that really worked for him. And I think that he has a lot of perspective on the issue now about what works for certain kids and what doesn't work for certain kids. And so I think he, you know, he brings an important voice to school leadership. From your own reporting on special education, Carolyn, um, do you think that his experience is sort of typical in some ways of students who are neurodivergent or who have other um, special needs? I think so. Absolutely. I mean, it depends on the school, of course. I mean, some schools are more inclusive than others. Um, I think a lot of it is is helping other students, particularly younger students, you know, understand that, you know, maybe a couple of their classmates see the world a little bit differently than they do. Um, and so schools that are more inclusive, maybe put more effort into that. You know, there's also the issue of, you know, he has you know, he needs independent living skills, you know, that other students wouldn't need. So he might spend some time during the school day outside the classroom and getting special services. Um, so that is something as well that would, you know, make it a little bit difficult to fit in or feel like you're part of the larger community. Joshua got interested in politics pretty young. I mean, really young. Like I started with the Occupy Wall Street movement and the anti-GMO movement. I was like six or seven or... What interested you about that? Well, uh, just uh, living through several recessions and uh, one total and complete economic crash and uh, the greatest gap between the rich and the poor in the history of our country and in... Uh, banks and big corporations making excessive profits and excessive powers, I think people are are united by not owning much of anything and having to work for people who own a lot. He's been wanting to get into public office for some time now. He wanted to be mayor of Reading. He announced at age 13 and his, his policy agenda included things like raising the minimum wage, and going after the big banks. <laughs> I thought this was during the financial meltdown. And last year, he ran for assembly in that area. And as he put it, you know, he, he got 2% of the vote, but he said that's pretty good for a socialist in this neck of the woods. <laughs> so he was encouraged by that. And given that I hardly had opportunities to campaign, I got 2% of the vote. That was like 3,000 votes. That was pretty amazing. And then his father, who's on the Shasta County School Board, 
suggested that maybe he try something a little bit, you know, more bite size <laughs> instead of going straight to the state legislature and suggested he try the local school board. So at that point, they had three vacancies and three people expressed interest in serving. And so they canceled the election and all three of them were appointed. So that's how he came into office. Joshua is an avid reader and he's interested in education policy, which he often discusses with his father. So he kind of got me passionate about the whole thing. But also I was already passionate because I, uh, all those struggles that I, that I had in, in school, I wanted to make the system just. Joshua has ideas for how to improve special education in Shasta. One thing I'd like to see them do is uh, bring back special education classes. I'm not talking about stuffing them in special education classes all the time unless they really need it. But, you know, you need one-on-one time, but you also need to socialize and mainstream students. You have to combine the two. You have to, whatever their IEP um, calls for. I'd like to see less punishment because there's, there's certainly, I just think students might need some help navigating the campus, at least nonviolent students don't need to go to a special school or, or anything. But improving education for students in special education is not his only goal. Carolyn, what are some of the things that Joshua shared with you that he wants to change? Well, he said, you know, he made some really good points. He says he thinks that schools should play a bigger role in helping vulnerable students, and that includes students with disabilities, students living in poverty. In his little town of Shasta, um, the car fire from 2018 really impacted a lot of families. A lot of families lost their homes or were living in poverty. You know, it was a horrible, horrible situation there. So I think he's really concerned about those children and helping them. Um, He wants to see schools have better nutrition, better lunches and breakfasts in some cases. And he wants to see the school district partner with community organizations to help families out, you know, with jobs and housing and social services and anything else a family might need. Um, He wants the school to basically, you know, be more of a center of the community and serve whole families, not just not just vulnerable students. What I'd like to do generally is is make the school system, whether it's truancy or behavioral problems, less of a punishment issue and more of an equity issue. The uh, state and the county are rolling out social-emotional learning, which I think is, uh, is great. Um, so what we're doing in this county is, like, is called Community Connect, school-based mental health resources. We're collectively, and I'm not just speaking for myself as an individual, we're collectively trying to increase the social programs and social supports for students and and families, be they black or white or Latino or Asian American or Native or Mexican or regardless of their socioeconomic status or their uh, or how much they, uh, they're educated thus far. All students deserve to be equitably met where they are at and then given a quality education to prepare for a quality, prosperous life. Joshua also has ideas that go back to his first ventures into politics when he was interested in the anti-GMO movement and Occupy Wall Street. 
This is just my Occupy instincts, and this would be advocacy at the state level, but I get the feeling that if we eliminated the uh, corporate property tax loophole in Proposition 13, we could fund all education better. Another thing I'm going to do is uh, try to end corporate dependence wherever I see it and move to things like electric school buses and I guess we're kind of moving in that direction and healthier meals and, and renewable energy. That's the anti-GMO instinct inside of me. Carolyn, Joshua is one of only a handful of elected officials who have, you know, who have shared openly that they have autism, right? Yeah, I did a little research into this. I mean, there's a few, there's a few, I think there's a state legislator in Texas. Um, there's a few school board members in Pennsylvania. So there are some, and they all kind of say the same thing, which is that, you know, if we want to advocate for our rights as people with special needs, the best way to do that is to go straight to the top. And I thought that was really interesting. That really stuck with me. Um, and, you know, all of them are very passionate about the education system and making it better for students with special needs and, you know, neurodivergent issues. And so I expect we're going to see more, more, especially, too, is the rate of autism has been high. You know, it's high um, and been rising. And I think more people are starting to understand the um, condition more than they used to. And so there's more acceptance. And so I think, yeah, I think we're on a good path in that way. Carolyn, you talked to others um, about Joshua. What did they tell you? I talked to Judy Flores, who's the superintendent of Shasta County. And I talked to the Rob Adams, who's the superintendent of Shasta Elementary, as well as some other small districts around that area. And I spoke to someone at the California School Board Association who represents that district. You know, he just he just took office in November, so it's a little bit early. But everyone said they're really looking forward to working with him and they you know appreciate his passion and his enthusiasm for the job. Um, you know, he's, he's been spending lots and lots of time reading agenda packets and <laughs> researching issues and going over contracts. And so, you know, it's a small school district with only about, you know, a little over a hundred students and a five member board. So he's, um, you know, he's just looking at everything and turning over every rock and trying to be, you know, a really good school board member. And everyone's, I think, really appreciative of that. And um, you know, you know, excited to work with him on some of these issues she, he's brought up. How has it gone for Joshua so far? Well, he says he's having a ball. <laughs> he said he was kind of nervous before his first meeting. Uh, but then, you know, he had some questions about a bus contract or some things, you know, does the bus contract include services for disabilities? You know, the answer is yes. <laughs> um, but he's really enthusiastic and excited. And I think that this is something he's wanted to do for a long time. And he's excited to support students and, you know, work with his fellow school board members and learn from them and, and really make a difference, particularly for students with disabilities. Joshua says certainly it's a big deal to be one of only a handful of people with autism in public office. I suppose it's a huge deal in the sense that there are uh, some people who think, uh, or some groups or some actors who think that neurodivergent people are a mistake from God or uh, want to segregate us or, and, uh, you know, I think representation is the, uh, is the utmost importance. And I think it gives me a very unique perspective having gone through the special ed and 
mental health systems and and all that. But for Joshua, it's about more than just his identity as a person with autism. I don't view my struggle as an exclusively autistic struggle. I view it as as part of the larger issue of unity and solidarity, where we're at our best, where we support each other, where we stand together or we die alone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. You can find Carolyn's story at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guests, Joshua Brown and Carolyn Jones. Our CEO is Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the California Endowment. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join me next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.